Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I always think it's a really bad witness when Christians are complainers. When you got Christians that, you know, you, you may have a bad day here or there. Everybody does. But some you got some people that are Christians, but their character is they always complaining. They just like everybody else at work. Man, I can't believe they didn't let us, man, man, you know, it's complain, complain, man. You ain't got nothing to give thanks for. You ain't got nothing to give glory to God for as believers. That's why you need to be in your word. Because on your worst day, you spend time in your word, you walk away on a bad day saying God is good, though. Going to heaven when it's over. You probably know someone who is a master at complaining. It's their superpower. No matter how good things are, they can find something to critique and complain about. In today's study, Pastor Bill urges you to be different. He explains that the antidote to complaining is to spend time reading God's Word. This shifts your perspective and helps you see all the things you have to be grateful for. So then, no matter how hard things are in your life, you can praise God for who He is and what He's doing. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 22 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And it said, then the blind and the lame came to him from the temple and he healed them. But I want you to just notice Jesus didn't like that. He went in there and said, man, uh, you guys have you guys have taken what I intended. I wanted people to come and bring their best. And you've taken that and done something weird with it. You've done you, you've taken people's desire to give their best. You've now taken that and you're you're causing it to be something for your profit, for your benefit. Do we not see that in the church today? Right. God's told people to give. Right. Give. And, you know, and all these things. And so now you have churches, a whole movement of churches, whole prosperity movement where people will play on that to get people to give them more. Um, it's not really for the Lord. It's not really in worship anymore. But they're playing on the fact that just like these guys are playing on the fact that people were coming a long way to offer their sacrifice to the Lord. They're, they're coming to give sacrifices, sacrifices to God. It's a good thing. But they're perverting it to get more out of them for themselves. And I read the Bible and Jesus hates that. It's the one time and we know Jesus never fleshed out, but he looked at least like righteously angry. He flipping tables over. He, the one God, he, he braided up a whip, a cord of, he made a whip. I mean, Jesus, you know, for you, some of you parents that, you know, I, I know my, my next door neighbor, um, his name was Kanique. His granddad would whip him. We'd be out there messing up. His granddad would whip him in front of everybody. And he had these ivy leaves on the, there's a whole wall of ivy. And he would, he would get a nail clipper and clip a long one pull all the leaves off and he, he, you're watching him prepare his instrument of punishment and um you know he would pull all the leaves off and he would just tear them up Whoop! you would hear it go whip 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 and all this stuff i'm thinking man my jesus is whipping up he's making him a cord I'm about to whip these grown men and he went in there and he whipped grown men and flipped over their tables and flipped over their chairs and flipped over their money and nobody did nothing and that's why i don't really like that picture of jesus where he's all skinny and anemic i i I look at that story right there and I'm thinking, I think Jesus was probably swole. Um, I'm like, he was a carpenter. He walked everywhere. I'm seeing kind of a ripped, cut up, yoked up. He went in there and nobody did nothing. Nobody, nobody touched him. Nobody said, I mean, if you walk somewhere today, go to the swap meetings. I don't like what y'all are doing. You start flipping over tables. Grown men they ain't having that. But they were having it that day. Then nobody say nothing to him. They got their stuff and they got up out of there because there was authority he had in his temple as well. But back to the story here. We want to give to God our best. Um, we have to be careful because of the times in which we live. People would like to pervert that and make it about something else. 
Your giving to the Lord of whatever you give is really between you and the Lord. Your giving of service, your giving of your time, your giving of your resources is between you and the Lord so that it can be legitimate worship. God, this is my desire. Earlier on, we saw the word free will three different times. This is what I've chosen of my own free will to give to the Lord of my time, my effort, my talent, my gifts or whatever. God, I worship you with this. Make sure that you in every area you give God your best because we know he's worthy of it and deserving of it. And so we want to be faithful to give him what he deserves. Amen. And so now it says um, in verse 22, those that are blind or broken or maimed or have an ulcer or encima or scabs. <laughs> it's like you, you shall not offer to the Lord nor make an offering by fire of them on the altar to the Lord, either a bull or a lamb that has any limb too long or too short. You may offer as a free will offering, but for a vow, it shall not be accepted. And so if an animal's legs were too short, it could be offered as part of a free will offering, but not as a vow, not as I'm making a vow to the Lord or um, it wouldn't be accepted as a vow offering. Verse 24, you shall not offer to the Lord what is bruised or crushed or torn. I'm sorry, bruised or crushed or torn or cut, nor shall you make any offering of them in your land. And so God said, I don't want any of these messed up offerings being offered in, in the land. Don't do it. Over Malachi, the people were being rebuked um, for not obeying these commands. Uh, everybody, anybody that went to a Baptist church is familiar with Malachi 3. Um, you know, my, my church, we heard that every single, I, I know Malachi 3 by heart, but it's not Malachi 3. They were being rebuked and corrected in Malachi chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, for bringing the messed up offerings to the Lord. So, it says in verse Malachi 1, 7 and 8, you offered defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. And so God rebuking the people in Malachi, they said, man, I told y'all, don't bring me these lame, broken animals. And that's what y'all are doing. He said, go give that to your governor. See if he'd like it. And um, those are strong words. I mean, God is God is letting the people there know I'm not pleased with what you guys are offering me. You're not doing what I told you to do in my word. And so back to Leviticus 22, verse 25. Now it says, nor from a foreigner's hand shall you offer any of any of these as the bread of your God, because their corruption is in them and defects are in them and they shall not be accepted on your behalf. So a foreigner uh, was not able to come and accept it on uh, or offer offering on their behalf. God said, you guys are my kids. You offer to me. You guys are my servants. You are. I don't want a foreigner. I want you. I'm looking for you to come do it. And I believe that the same is true today. I believe that God is looking for us. Those of us that know him, we're in relationship with him. We've been touched by him, met by him, ministered to by him. God is saying, look, I'm, I'm looking for you guys. Um, I don't want it from a foreigner. I don't want it from outside. I want it from you guys. It's, it's a relationship that we have. And so God said, I don't want a foreigner from outsider. I want you. I want you to come and worship me like this. I want you to give me your best. Again, God's not worried about the stuff. Right. When we worship God and we give things to God, God don't need nothing from us. God is God. Is, God has everything. The cattle on a thousand hill and all the silver and all the gold. When we give or worship him, it's for us. It's and I'm gonna be careful how I say that when we give and, and worship to the Lord it's because we're selfish. 
It's because we're greedy. It's because we're sinful. It's because we covet and love stuff. And so it's good for us to have to, you know what? I love God more than I love myself here, Lord. I give this to you. Yes, I've been for these guys. Yes, God, we, we have these animals and we, we have this is the best that we have. We're not saving this for our next barbecue. God, this is our best one. We're going to offer it up to you. We love you. Um, with regard to our gifts and our service, God, this is the best I can give. And I could use this in all these other ways to do all these other things, but I'm offering this up to you, Lord. You're worthy of my best in whatever area. God wants it from us and he deserves it from us. Um, but it's not because God is greedy. It is good for you and me that we worship the Lord in this way. It's good for our relationship with the Lord. It's good for us uh, to worship God in humility and, and again, to be sacrificial in our giving and our service of our time and everything else to the Lord. So not from a foreigner. He wants it to be from us. Verse 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, when a bull or a sheep or a goat is born, it shall be seven days with its mother. And from the eighth day and thereafter, it shall be it shall be accepted as an offering made by fire to the Lord. So. Um, when a mother gave birth, you couldn't take it right from there. It had to at least give it eight days, at least. I mean, give it some time to grow a little bit. Um, you know, it had it before it could be offered up. Verse 28, rather it is a cow or a ewe. Um, do not kill both her and her young on the same day. So you can't kill a mother and her calf together. Um, got to be offered up on separate days. Verse 29, and when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. This one's and it's just an offering of thanksgiving. Uh, when you offer a thanksgiving offering, God said, I want it to be of your free will. I think that's important. There were some offerings that they were commanded to do, um, sin offerings, and certain ones they had, they had to do annually. They had to do them at different times. But God says, when you do a, a thanksgiving offering, I want that to be free will. I don't want that to be anything that someone made you do, someone, someone challenged you to do. I want worship. I want your thanksgiving offering to be free will. So once again, I'm going to talk about church culture behavior that's wrong. Um, some of us maybe have been in churches where uh, I've been in church services where people are almost being rebuked for not worshiping hard enough. Um, the worship people are instead of just leading in worship themselves, they're like, what's wrong with you? Don't you love God? Did you do I've been in services like that. Have you guys seen that before? Is that just me? I've been in services where it's like if you was in a football game, you'd be all crazy. Now you're sitting down. You don't love God. And it was just all this stuff. And I'm like. Would you just shut up and sing the song? <laughs> like just, that God doesn't want that because if, if they're not moved to worship, then they're not moved to worship, right? God says worship got to be free will. If you're going to offer thanksgiving to the Lord, God, if, if I get up and start singing because you made me feel bad in front of a congregation, is that worship now that pleases the Lord? No, no. So they're ruining the whole program. God said, you just go ahead and worship. And offer the fruit of your lips and praise me. And, 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 and I'll, you know, I guess if it's anointed, God will lead other people in. But you can't make people worship. And that's one of the things I don't make. You see kids in a service and they're just, you know, it's the worship time. You can't make them worship. You know, I can make you not distract worship, you know, be quiet. But you can't make somebody worship. Worship is a, an act of the will. God, I, I'm, I'm speaking your worth. Um, I've got to mean that it's got to be, it's got to, I got to, I got to have that in my own heart and my own mind. God, I, I, you, you're worth, you're worth something to me. You died for me. I appreciate your sacrifice to offer that to the Lord. It's got to be legitimate out of my own heart, out of my own life. And so God says, when you offer the Thanksgiving offering, it's got to be of your own free will, uh, not something that's to be by compulsion or, you know, forced upon somebody. And then verse 30 on the same day, it shall be eaten. 
You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. And so God said this Thanksgiving offering, I want it to all be consumed on the same day. I don't want there to be anything left over. Uh, why? How come? How come you got to eat it all in one day? I can't ziplock it. Can't put something in the freezer for tomorrow. Not that they had that back then. But God said, I want it to all be consumed today. Uh, I think a few reasons. God wants our, our worship and our fellowship with him to be fresh. He wants our worship with him to be fresh. God wants us to leave full. When these guys, they couldn't leave it. They had to eat so they were full and completely satisfied. Don't leave none until tomorrow. Get all you can get for the day. Because you can come back tomorrow and do it again. Don't eat some today. Don't take some of this today and then you won't be back in a while. You're going to have enough stored up. God said, no, just keep coming back. This, this could be a regular thing. We can meet like this on a regular basis. He wants you to come back. He wants us to do it continually. We, we, we should continually have this kind of relationship with the Lord. We just offer him our thanks and give him thanks. And so when it comes to worship, when it comes to these things, that was in a physical sense. God said, when you bring this offering of your own free will, consume it all in a day, leave completely satisfied. Don't leave anything behind. Leave it all done. We're done for the day. You can come back and do it all over fresh and new tomorrow. That's what our worship should be like. I should have today cause and reason and purpose to give thanks and worship to the Lord. But tomorrow I should have it all over again. It should be a renewed, just an ongoing part of the believer's life. I'd like you to write down in your notes Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And once again, he says, God says, therefore, by him, by Jesus, let us let us continually that you want to mark continue. Let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. Think about that. Praise is a sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise. Um, that's my sacrifice. God, my, my praise to you. I'm offering it up as a sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise. What is it? The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You can sing it. You can speak it. But it's the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name, the sacrifice of praise. God said, let that happen continually. Um, you can do that. That's one of the greatest ways to get gospel conversations open. And because people that don't care anything about how you're doing to ask you, hey, how you doing? And you get to tell them. I was looking for an opportunity to talk to my next door neighbor. Um, it's a guy next door. And I, the, the lady's all talkative. And the guy, I get a little two word him haws. And so he was out there working on his car. And I, I pulled up. He's, hey, how's it going? Here, here we go. And I just said, that, that's my entry. He asked, hey, how's it going? I said, man, God is good. And I just start sharing, you know, a few different things and, and at least got the door open. Start talking. The Lord was brought into it. Now, we don't just use that as a witnessing tool. It should be just a, it, it should be a legitimacy to it. There should be a genuineness to it. Um, you should be aware of your thankfulness to the Lord. And it ought to make its way out of your mouth. For believers, I always think it's a really bad witness when Christians are complainers. Uh, when you got Christians that, you know, you, you may have a bad day here or there. Everybody does. But some, you got some people that are Christians, but their character is they always complaining. They just like everybody else at work. Man, I can't believe they didn't let us, man. It's complain, complain, man. You ain't got nothing to give thanks for. You ain't got nothing to give glory to God for. As believers, that's why you need to be in your word. Because on your worst day, you spend time in your word and you walk away on a bad day saying God is good, though. Going to heaven when it's over. I got a relationship with Jesus. I got peace in my heart. I have joy for no reason. Um, though all those things are happening, I'm good. I'm good. I got Jesus. That's a witness. But when you look like them, sound like them, everything else is like, why, do, why, why would they want what you have? 
It just doesn't look like what you have. It's not working. It's like you taking medication, but you're still sneezing. I'm, I'm not interested in your medication, you know? Um, our witness should be strong, and believers should be people that are worshipers, always looking for an opportunity to glorify God, to speak his praise. Um, it's also a healthy private practice. Uh, everybody here, you may not be able to sing real great. You might not have a beautiful voice, but everybody sounds good in the shower. Uh, everybody ought to have some time where you just you just sing out of worship to the Lord or, or hum a tune or something where just worship is flowing the, from the fruit of your lips. You find you a song that's ministering to you. You find you a song that, that your heart can sing to the Lord and sing it to the Lord. You got a bad voice. Just don't sing it that loud, but sing it to the Lord, you know, um, and we should be people. That is just natural for us. When we come together congregationally and it's time to praise, it should just be natural. We should all be people that praise. Just show us the song that we're praising them to today and we all should be praising them. That should be the culture of, of the believer. Um, but it should be a private thing, a public thing. It's not just singing. Um, it's the fruit of your lips. Uh, it's the, I'm sorry, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. And that might not be sung. It could be spoken. It could be told. But we can glorify God with our mouths and we should. Continually is the key word. Um, as they were to do this regularly, I believe that's why God said, don't save any. Um, the fruit of our lips and praise and thanks to the Lord should be a, a continual offering that we offer up. Last little section here, verses 31 to 33. Why should we obey him? And I think we have four reasons in these three verses. I'll read them and then I'll go over them and, and we'll close. Verse 31. Therefore, you shall keep my commandments and perform them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. And here, as he closes this section off, giving them the rules, uh, what they're to do, if you're unclean, how to get clean, uh, what to offer, what not to offer, and what they should bring, how they should come before the Lord with thanksgiving, um, how they should do that on a regular basis, how they should perform that service to God. He says, therefore, you shall keep my commandments and perform them. Why should we keep your commandments and perform them? Number one, because I am the Lord, because of who he is. It's because of who he is that they should obey. The same is true for you and me. We should obey him because of who he is, because he is the Lord. And if he's the Lord of your life and the Lord of my life, then we should just obey him. Right. There shouldn't be a whole lot of controversy about, well, you know, I know the Bible says that, but I'm not sure he's the Lord. If he's the Lord of your life, then we should obey him. And so here, why do why do we why do we do what he says? Number one, because he is the Lord, because of who he is. Number two, he says, you shall not profane my holy name um, because of what he is. He is holy. And just as all the things in the temple and all the sacrifices are holy and set apart, it's because he's holy. He set himself apart to minister to them. He set himself apart to be our God, to minister to us because of what he is. He is holy. Number three, he says, um, I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you for what he is doing. He said, I'm the Lord who sanctifies you. I'm currently, the work I'm currently doing for what he is doing, I'm sanctifying you. Same thing he was doing for them, he's doing for us. He's sanctifying us. He's setting us apart for his purpose, for his glory, day by day. You have purpose now because you belong to the Lord. Your life is not just meandering emptily around. God says, I'm sanctifying you. I'm setting you apart. I'm giving you purpose and desire and, 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 and things to do for my glory. I've set you apart because of what he is doing. And then fourthly, um, because of what he has done. It says, 33, who brought you out of the land of Egypt 
to be your God. I am the Lord. And God said, look, I want you to remember what I did. God's not throwing it in their face. He's just saying, that's why you should obey me. Remember where you were when I met you? Remember how y'all were in bondage in Egypt? Um, and as much as you worship me and obey me because of who I am, because of what I am, holy, because of what I am doing, sanctifying you, don't forget what I have done for you. Y'all were in bondage as slaves when I met you, uh, when I brought you out because of what he has done. For you and I, we were never slaves in Egypt, but we were slaves to sin. Amen? And he's bought us out. He purchased us. We were, we were slaves to sin. We were bondage to Satan. We belonged to the devil. And we were purchased by the blood of Christ. We were set free. We've been purchased. We've been delivered from sin. We've been delivered from the power of sin, delivered from the power of Satan, freed to live for the Lord, to serve the Lord, to love the Lord. And so God says, so that's why you should obey me um, because of who I am, because of what I have done, what I am doing. You should obey me. It should be a, a, it should be a thrill, you guys. That we get to be in relationship with the Lord. God, I love to obey you. Uh, it's, it's my heart's desire to please you and to obey you. It shouldn't be a chore. Um, you know, it says that the, the, the command, God's command, shouldn't be a burden to the believer. It shouldn't be burdensome to us. It should be a blessing. God, I'm glad to be on your team. I'm delighted to get to align myself with you as a child of the living God. And so as we wrap up this section here, these things were to the Levites. These things were to the priests. But there are parallel. There, there are things that we could glean from them. And so as we look back real quick and then, um, if they got dirty, God had made provision for them to be clean. So he has two for us. If we get dirty, they, they had to wait and wash. And, it, you know, we, we, we can wait till the morning. Levit- I mean, lam- lamentations. Uh, his mercies are new every morning. We can wash through confession. First John 1, 9 and through time in the word. John chapter 15, verse 3. If there were things that would defile the priest, um, many things that they might come into contact with in their world, we might be defiled just going through the world in which we live. And so, again, God made provision for us to be washed and be cleansed and be renewed in him. Um, who could eat the offering? It was only for certain people. They were only available to the believers, only available to the priesthood. Uh, there are things that are only made available to you and I. You ought to be very thankful and you ought to take advantage of what God has made available to you and to me. Um, there was things that were unacceptable. There were sacrifices that God said, that, that won't do. I deserve better than that. Don't offer me your broken, crooked-eyed, you know, diseased lambs. I want the best that you have. And I challenge everybody here to consider every area where you give anything to the Lord, your time, your talent, your everything. Whatever you give to God, you make sure you always do your best. God, the best of my time, the best of my resource, the best of my service. You deserve my best, the best of my worship. The best time of the day for devotions with you, Lord. The best hour for prayer. You're going to get my best. Give God your best. He deserves to have our best. He's given us everything. And he deserves to have that from us. Lastly, as we looked at uh, the, the free will offering, the Thanksgiving offering, that they weren't to save any behind. Um, and we looked at the idea of, of, of offering praise continually to the Lord. Um, if that's not what your life looks like, your life doesn't, if you don't, if you don't sound like a worshiper, I challenge you to consider that. God, I want to be a worshiper. I need, I need to develop that. I need to offer that, that offering up to you, free will, the sacrifice of praise. And it is a sacrifice for some people. Um, some people have to really work at that. But, but I, I, I guarantee you spend time in the word, it won't be hard to worship. It won't be hard to give thanks. You spend time in his presence. You spend time with the Lord, it won't be hard. It's when we get away from the Lord that it, it's like the thing that you focus on instead of focusing on him becomes really big. It's when you're not in the word, not in his presence, not in fellowship that that you start focusing on all the things that are going wrong. But you get into the word 
You keep yourself around some people that love Jesus, it'd be easy for you to offer him the sacrifice of praise. And, and the last thing we looked at, we know why we should obey him for who he is, for what he is, for what he is doing, sanctifying us, and for what he has done. Set us free. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Leviticus is full of relevant content that can still be applied to us today. Yes, even the Old Testament book that seems to just be full of rules and regulations. It's full of the grace of God. No matter how many times the Israelites seem to misunderstand or misjudge God, He still forgave them. He still gave them chance after chance and gave them what they needed. How many times in your life can you see that God has done the same for you? He gives grace even when we make mistakes. He gives grace even when we don't deserve it. He gives us chance after chance after chance. There is no one else like Him. If you're struggling with your own mistakes and are having a hard time accepting the grace of God, we'd love to connect and pray for you. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that number is 310-245-4811. And if you're ever in the Inglewood area, we want to meet you in person. Our service times are on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online too. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website was CalvaryInglewood.org. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Leviticus, and you won't want to miss it. Learn more next time right here on A Transforming Word.